Welcome back, podcast world. This is episode number 160. No, we ain't even near 100. We're only on 67. Why am I thinking 167? See, look, everything is completely... What the heck? My Mm -hmm. life is completely cattywampus right now because of the mess that we just had a second ago. But this is episode 67, and we figure here on Valentine's Day, on February 14th, 2021, we would bring you a movie that's got kissing that's got drinking that's got dancing that would be the quintessential valentines and that is captain america the first Wait, i thought we were talking about deadpool what no okay <laughs> jokes on you Booyah. so with captain america in our minds carrie andrea fred yes. how are you all i'm good i'm great ah oh, doing fantastic it's a long weekend here oh snap just relaxing. Chillaxing. Does, does that not make me sound cool anymore? That's very 1990. <laughs> Maybe right. that's even 1980s. 1980s. Wow. I said, I said the word groovy the other day, and my daughter looked at me and said groovy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> You need to you need to introduce her to like Earthworm Jim or something, and you know, it's like, and so that she can you know get work groovy into her lexicon a little bit more, <laughs> into her vocabulary. My mind she went straight to Fresh Prince. Groovy. What? My mind went straight to Fresh Prince. Oh, <laughs> Zach Morris. All about how my life got flipped, turned up. Oh, sorry, cop copyright, copyright. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> With everything, hey, we're not here to talk about that, though. We're here to talk about Captain America, the first Avenger. So, Fred, what is this movie all about? Well, let me tell you. Steve Rogers. No, no, no. Your description. Steve Rogers. No! What? A reject. What was it, so okay, I rebranded what Andrea is referring to. I rebranded this movie. It is not Captain America: The First Avenger. This is Shield Man and the Steroids of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh my goodness! And that's about how I feel about this movie. Aww. <laughs> I mean, they did. I, I'm jumping way ahead. They did a very good job of showing that somebody with a shield can be effective. But um, yeah, he has a shield and okay, he does but drugs. Before we go into your criticism, God, negative Nancy. <laughs> Let's get there. <laughs> Okay. Steve Rogers, a reject, a rejected military soldier, sorry, transforms into Captain America after taking drugs of a super hu- super soldier serum. Uh, but being Captain America comes at a price as he attempts to take down a warmonger and a terrorist organization. Boom, boom, boom. Ba-da-boom. Ba-da-boom. Andrea, you're up. Come on, dang, Andrea. I'm sorry. I was thinking about Chris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so, <laughs> the distributor for Captain America, the first Avenger, was Paramount Pictures. The runtime was an hour and 24 minutes. Too damn short. Um, it was rated PG-13. Released July 19th, um, 2011. 
The budget was $140 million. Worldwide gross was $370.6 million. The Rotten Tomato score, um, critics said 80%, and audience said 74%. Um, when it comes to movie competitions, um, two weeks later, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was released. That's your... What was that, Mike? The Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, those, those movies are all are Am awesome. I breaking up again? Yes. The freak. Dang it. If you're hearing all this audio issues, it's Tim's fault. <clears throat> all right. No, no. We can't, we can't blame your bad internet on Tim, dude. So, cast and crew... Uh, the director was Joe Johnston, who also directed another movie we re- we talked about on this podcast, The Rocketeer. Uh, also directed Jumanji and Jurassic Park 3. The actors, uh, Chris Evans plays Steve Rogers, Captain America. He is also Lucas Lee and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four and Nick Grant in Push. Both of those movies at the bottom we've seen before already. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley Atwell phenomenal actor played peggy carter was ella's mother in cinderella and evelyn robin and christopher robin another good movie yep um of course she also played agent carter in well agent carter the tv well, show yeah of course i took it i took out all the mcu stuff because like duh yeah uh, Sebastian Stan played Bucky Barnes, uh, was Jefferson the Mad Hatter on Once Upon a Time, Chase Collins in The Covenant, and Dayton I put that White in there in for Logan. Shannon if she's listening. Covenant. <laughs> Never seen it. Never seen it. And then one of my favorites, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, played Colonel Chester Phillips, played Samuel Garrard in The Fugitive. Hey, I recorded that movie on, uh, Mike's Movie Minute, so go check it out. Uh, General MacArthur in Emperor, and Agent K in the Men in Black trilogy. Another one of my favorite trilogies. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Hugo Weaving played Johann Schmidt or Red Skull. He was Elrond in Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, v for in V for Vendetta. Agent Smith in The Matrix, another great one, and voiced Megatron in the Transformers, the Michael Bay version. Uh, composer was Alan Silvestri. Uh, he composed music for The Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame, Back to the Future, Lilo and Stitch, and Ready Player One. So he got he he uh, got around on his musical chops. Yep, agreed. All right, what's some behind the scenes stuff? All speaking? right, so um, Haley Atwell uh, surprisingly touched Chris Evans' chest as he emerged from. <laughs> The pod, upon turning into Captain America, uh, was very much improvised, and the surprise on her face is genuine, uh, as she admitted in interviews that she was very taken with Chris's physique, and nearly (laughs) broke character and ruined the the entire take that made it into the film as a result. Wow. (laughs) If Andrea was Haley Atwell... They would have ruined the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I tripped onto your nice chest. Thanks me. <laughs> uh, Chris Evans declined the role three times before accepting the part, not out of dislike for the role, but because he feared the effects of the sudden increase in fame would do would be would do would have on his private life. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. convinced him to take the part and thus gain the freedom to sign on any role that he'd want afterwards. 
It's really interesting because Chris Evans is one of those um, actors that doesn't like being in the spotlight. In the spotlight, yeah. Like he's very private. Like he's always wanted to keep it that way. So I'm really happy that he was able to do this role. And he, for the most part, has been able to keep himself private through it all. Um, yeah. It's kind of like he he kind of represents his character a lot. Like he he stuck to who he was in the end. So that's that's yeah. awesome. All right. That's good. Um, Chris Evans was only paid three hundred thousand dollars to uh, play the title role. I would have done that, that for one hundred. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he I, made his I, money I, back in the later movies. I, I, oh I yeah. Don't, I, I don't know what SAG minimum is, but I. I think that's I think that's pretty much more than I minimum I think that's I, I think that's way more than SAG minimum. Uh but still. Yeah, um let's see. Uh shields made of different materials were used uh depending on what was needed for the shot. Rubber shields were used for when Captain America punches people with it. Uh for scenes where he put the shield whoa, on his whoa, back. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold what? on, hold on. So it's not made out of, made out of vibranium. Vibranium is a made up uh, made up uh, element. <laughs> okay, what 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 what? As is adamantium. I really thought Peggy Carter real. played Haley Atwell in real life. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, for scenes where he put the shield so on his back, baggies so were used to keep it in place. In many of the scenes where he is seen throwing the shield, Chris Evans would mime out the actions of catching it and throwing the shield, uh, with the shield later being added using CGI. Um, Stan Lee made a cameo appearance as a general. Uh, the officer sitting next to him played was played by Reb Brown, who played the title character in Captain America 1979 and Captain America 2, Death Too Soon, also from 1979. That's awesome. Uh, That's casting. Um, uh, other people considered for Captain America, uh, Sam Worthington, Will Smith, Garrett Hildland, uh, um, Channing Tatum, Scott Porter, Mike Vogel, Sebastian Stan, Chris Evans obviously got the role, uh, Wilson Bethel, uh, John Krasinski, Michael, uh, Chad Michael Murray, who got a role in Agent Carter later, uh, Michael Cassidy, Chance, uh, Chase Crawford, Derek Keller, and Jensen Ackles were on the shortlist for the role. Uh, there's some people. Sound that, like a shortlist. That doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, that is not yeah. a short list. The, the only one on that list that I could have really seen, I could have seen Channing Tatum do it. I don't. I wouldn't have been happy. I don't mm-hmm. think he would have enveloped the character as much. But I think his physique would have encapsulated who Captain America is as far as that mm-hmm. goes. But yeah. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't think John John Krasinski could have done it because he would have had to bulk the crap up. Um, well, I, 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 um. I just I, I, I don't well, know. I the, you, the, the you, problem you, Well, I mean Zachary Levi uh bulked up for Shazam, so it it, it is possible. It it yeah. is. But you, you um, know, not a lot of people have the discipline to do it, right? Like And it's just it I don't know. I, I think it's hard to recast them in that role because the person who did it did such a great job on that role. It's hard to imagine anybody else being able to pull that off. 
It would have been a pretty interesting view if they did cast Will Smith for the role. Yes. That, that would have been interesting. Yeah. And I, I, that, they have the dynamic between him and, um, and Sam would have been interesting as well. I, I, I agree Will Smith would have been interesting. My only thing about Will Smith would have been it's not his normal style of yeah. roles he chooses. That's it would have true. been a completely different style of, 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 of acting for him. And I, and I think I, I think we would have noticed that. And it may have been – I'm not saying it would have been uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I believe he's a very talented actor. But it's very different because Chris Evans played him as – He's not in your face kind of a guy, which is right. who Steve Rogers was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Will Smith's acting mainly his characters. He's I want to be all up in your face, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it just true. It would, it would have felt different, but it would have been very interesting to see to see Will Smith do it though. It would have been, yeah. By the way, um, SAG minimum for uh, for a low for low budget is two hundred uh, twenty five hundred uh, two hundred fifty thousand or less. Um, and for and this is this is today's rates. Um, uh, so the budget range for for set for minimum SAG is between two hundred fifty thousand and two point five million, depending on what the um, on what the uh, picture is. Interesting. Oh wow. Yeah. And that that's that's today's rates. I don't know. I don't know about two thousand. Yeah, obviously, this is ten years ago. But yeah. Uh. Anyway, continuing on, uh, Peggy Carter, um, other people considered were Alice Eve, uh, Gemmer Atherton, Kira Knightley, and Emily Blunt. We could have had we could have had the Emily Blunt, uh, John Krasinski pairing sooner, but I am still kind of rooting for them to be you know. Uh, Sue, Sue Storm, Reed Richards. Sue, Sue and Reed, yeah. I could have seen Gemma Arterton doing it. I don't think Kiera nor Emily are fit the part, and I don't. I would not like Alice Eve in it after what we've seen from her. I'm sorry. I I think I think I think we would have been robbed of of uh, Eve, um, Eve Alice as uh, um, Typhoid Mary if we had if. She had gotten Agent Carter, uh, and she was she was amazing as Typhoid Mary. All right, so let's go into the discussion of the movie. I'm going to I'm going to kind of throw a curveball while we're while we're doing this, and Carrie loves when I do curveballs. So, oh yes, I'm going to what are you doing I'm going to skip the moments. I'm going to skip the moment section, and I want to talk. Let's focus on the characters of this movie. All right. Favorite character, character you wish was written better. I don't know. Let's throw them all together. Um, let's just start off with the obvious. Let's start off with Steve Rogers. It, was he your favorite? Did you not like him? Was there somebody else who was your favorite? Um, what would you guys think? I think Chris Evans nailed his. Oh yeah, his he character. definitely nailed the character. Like I, I can't see anybody other than Chris Evans doing Captain America anymore. Yeah, I don't know that I have a favorite favorite character in um, in the movie. Uh, Erskine, I, I love I love Erskine, but uh, 
but Stanley Tucci is is a gem and deserves all the things. So I I do love him, but I I don't know that I don't know that I have a favorite character or favorite mo like like character that stands out above the rest because this this cast is amazing. I agree. Yeah, I have to completely uh, I, I agree do as agree. well. Um, one of the things yes. though is like. I have to credit Tommy Lee Jones, um, Colonel Chester Phillips, for his role and all the smart-ass lines that he drops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time he opened his mouth, I laughed. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, the, yes. Especially the scene where he um, uh, uh, brings 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 Erkstein, the, 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 the cow. Do you know how hard it is to get a prime cut of beef like this yeah. all the way out here? He said, what is it, a poison? cow yeah <laughs> he just starts eating it in front of him oh well, i love he's it a vegetarian, vegetarian, so. yeah. <laughs> oh but i i do agree i love tommy lee jones i love he only plays and the thing is tommy lee jones only plays one style of actor or one style of character really through his entire career it's that it, it, it's that it's that wise i i can't say the word smart ass wise ass Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's that's all he ever plays though, and I love that about him. He's just like you, you said, Fred. His one-liners were so great in this movie. I think without him, the movie would have been a little too much on the serious side. So it really brought some some lightheartedness to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, well, between between him and and uh, when when. After Steve finally fights Bucky again, they the 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 banter between the two of them is just like spot on. It's like I I can I can forgive uh I for, can forgive the writing Jefferson out of Once Upon a Time because that was an awesome character for the fact that we got so much Bucky and Steve uh throughout the years mm-hmm. um as a result or. Um, because that's what he had to leave once upon a time for. Right. Well, what did you think about Sebastian Stan's Bucky then? I I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. Yeah. Obviously, we're gonna get more of him. Yeah. I I like I I like being able to I like going back back to to this first movie and seeing seeing him once more before he became Winter Soldier. I, I like I like having that that you know before and after type type parallel parallel now. I, I I thought his line in the bar with Steve was was pretty funny, where I'm where he said where he said uh where he said I'm, he said it's like a nightmare. He said <laughs> he's talking about all the girls are after Steve and he's just invisible. He's like it's like a yeah. nightmare now. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> All right, so you know we talked about Steve. We, we we all agree Steve was probably one of one of the best characters, obviously, in this one. Um, Chris Evans did a great job as acting. Sebastian Stan did a great job as Bucky. Um, you know, before we get into like some of the supporting characters, uh, you know, what did you what did you all think of like uh, of this is the one that's going to kind of rub me a little bit. Johan Smith or Red Skull. What did you guys think of this character? I did not like his face. <laughs> well, once once he once he pulled off the mask or before, it, before it he pulled t- off the yeah, mask. Yeah, when he takes off his mask, it takes me away. I think that it was 
like not done to my liking. And that's one of the only parts of an actor in the movie that I did not like. It just, I don't know, it felt very unnatural. Well, I I think, I, okay, so I really, I really like how they didn't actually show his face, his actual face, until like halfway through the movie. I, I thought the unmasking took a little long, but I think that was kind of, and and Mike will understand what I mean. What I mean by this probably more. It 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 was meant to show how well it was stuck to the mask was stuck to him, as opposed to say, Mike Hush, when you know just a few few wax and Tommy's face falls off. Right. Yeah. So I didn't like it as well. It really felt like he was wearing a mask. To be honest, it looks like a bad rendition of um, Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. I, I, like how yeah. blocky it was. But that's yeah. but that's how he looks in the that's how he looks in the movie, or that's how he looks in the in the comics, isn't it? But I think that you can make a character continue being Red Skull without making it look like the comic book character. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just I think they could have done a little bit better on his character design. Um, but well, and and I realize that we we've we've gotten we've gotten more into the CGI in the the more sophisticated CGI. But I think the only way to make make his face look better would have been to make him look like an actual skull, like, and, right. and just CGI the face um, mm-hmm. into an actual skull. And I don't know that they ha- they had the budget for that at the time. Right. Don't care. <laughs> I mean, if they, wa- if they wanted to go something, if they wanted to go something full on, like, like, you know, Ghost Rider, <clears throat> it might have worked. But they might, it, it might not have, um, might not have looked as, as good. Um, back in 2011, I think they would have had to wait until you know a few more years mm-hmm. for that for that to have worked out better. So speaking of like Smith and Red Skull, I, I, I do guys agree with you. If there was one thing I really did not like about this movie, it was that character himself. Um, from from the way he revealed himself as Red Skull, I do agree with you all. I think it would have been interesting to reveal it later on. Maybe, maybe when when Steve goes and um, knocks on the front door, quote unquote, and he gets brought before him, that to me would have been a great ideal time to reveal himself as Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also think that one of the things that really took me out, and I maybe I'm the only one who noticed. But there were times where he would talk and it would sound completely American. And then other times he would talk and it was like thick German accent. Like he was going in and out of the German accent. And and it didn't, it didn't, maybe it got more thick toward the German side toward the end of the movie. But it still was mingled with like American accent. It, it, it did, it, the, the, the the way he was speaking didn't sound right to me. It was just me. I, I, and that could have been intentional. I don't know. I never, I never really noticed the accent coming and going. Uh, yeah. the, the accent, the I accent, to me, the accent to me sounded like, you know, my grandmother's accent. Yeah. 
you know, before she passed. You know, my grandma, my grandmother never lost her German accent ever. So well, he's it sounded very slow and American and methodical at the beginning, but then by the end, it was like full blown German. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, something something transitioned here, something happened. I I, I don't know, but. That was just that was me, but he, he was maybe he was imitating maybe he was imitating the Americans because he he was making fun but of them a lot. He was German regardless, though. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, I do agree with you guys on that. So let's talk about some. Well, so before let, we before we step kid, up, go ahead out of that one. So one of the things I have to to mention though is this is the one of the first movies where Hugo doesn't pull me out of the movie. Sounding like he's yeah. Mr. Smith. Mm-hmm. So he does that yes. to me in um, Lord of the Rings. I just can't not think of it. <laughs> yep. At this point, like every single time we see him, we're like, Mr. Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yep. What about what about, what about for Vendetta, though? Uh, oh, well, that's another one. I haven't seen that one recently, so I'd have to oh. see it again. I love that movie. Yeah. What about what about Haley Atwell as uh, Agent Carter? What did you think of Agent Carter? Agent Carter was awesome. I loved I mean, her. I, I mean, can't what, picture I, another person. Yeah, me neither. No. I mean, I I mean, one, me, one me, of my me, favorite. Me neither, Fred. <laughs> I mean, one of my one of my favorite quotes um, when we get down to it's like, "Faster, ladies, come on! My grandmother has more life in her, and God rest her soul." <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, yes. Her 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 looks. As far as the the side glances that that she gives and the comments, like when like when all the guys are trying to ride with her in the jeep halfway down halfway th- th- through the run, and they're all climbing up the pole, and Steve just kind of goes over, looks up, and pulls the pin and drops the flag and, and hands it to, to Colonel Phillips, and then gets in the jeep. She just kind of looks at back at the Colonel like, huh, all right. yeah. <laughs> that, that look. I mean, I mean that that just demonstrates that you know Erskine was going for brains as well as uh, as well as you know me- uh, as well as mental attitude when he was picking Steve for the um, for the part. And mm-hmm. and 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 Peggy Carter entering the bar after Steve says, "I'll I'll pick a crew in that red dress," was absolutely intentional. As could oh, be. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah. entire bar just stopped and just stared at her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think she was written extremely well and she was absolutely. very strong. And I I think that it was really cute after Steve Rogers got kissed by that um by that lady. By Nally Gormer. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Who's also, who's also awesome, by the way. Yeah, she's so passive-aggressive about it. It's really funny. <laughs> I, one thing I hope from the MCU we get, and I'm going to be an extreme advocate for it, is I hope we get Agent Carter more of her. Um, I was very disappointed they didn't give us more than two seasons of the show, Agent Carter with Haley Atwell. Agreed, I understand why she didn't. Yeah. Well, especially after the after the end of the second season, where you're like, I, I, that, yeah, I mean, I understand because she, she she went on to do the show Conviction, which never got picked up. Uh, it got canceled after one season. Mm. Um, I, I really wish she would have gone back, kind of like how um, uh, Laura Cohen um, is going back to The Walking Dead after being right. gone for a season because her show didn't pan out. I'm 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 hoping that 
maybe Disney Disney Plus is the great platform to do it. I want more Agent Carter. I well, thought I, I just thought Hayley Atwell was phenomenal as, except, as, as Agent except Carter. we can, except except we can't have more Agent Carter because because Steve Rogers negated Agent Carter at the end of Endgame, which still Steve annoys Rogers me. Broke the timeline. Dang Steve it. Rogers broke broke his own rules and disrupted. Peggy's timeline and negated two seasons of her being a badass just oh, so he could go back and dance with his girl. True. Like, huh. like, <laughs> I I am still annoyed with that. It, well, maybe it, they can do like now a show of the adventures of Peggy and Captain America. The adventures of Peggy, <laughs> Captain America. Uh, Peggy Vision. <laughs> Peggy. Oh Vision. boy. Hey, you know. You know, we. <laughs> I'm about, Sorry, I'm about I have... to make. If 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 Lizzie is listening, I'm about to tick Lizzie off right here. You yeah. ready? Sorry. I'm just saying we do have Sharon Carter. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Lizzie's not. Lizzie's not listening. But I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still. I'm still very. I'm still very salty about about the end of Endgame, especially in light of. You know, all the people, you know, complained about Wonder Woman 84 and how and how Diana just, you know, completely, you know, jettisoned her principles for that entire movie. Like, like, dude, you guys weren't complaining when when Steve Rogers went back in time and disrupted his girlfriend's life. (laughs) Like, she won't remember. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. I will get I will get off that rant. Oh, we, I I, know. We, we may revisit that rant um, so, at some point. Besides the main cast, let's look at the supporting cast real quick while we're talking about these 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 guys. Um, we have we have people like um, oh crap! I can't think of the supporting cast. Erskine was, a, was 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 supporting cast really. Um, the 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 crew that that Steve Rogers. Took with him. You have um, Neil McDonough, uh, McDonough. As, who is who is awesome, by the way. At first, I thought that was Michael Cudlitz for a second, and then I had no. to then I had to take a, a, a second glance and realize it's not Abraham from Walking Dead. This is this is yeah. somebody else. No, that, no, that was no, dude, that was David Dark. I know. I just <laughs> it, it's so awkward to see that. But I think the supporting cast was really good in this one. Um, yeah. From you know just just. There's, there wasn't a huge supporting cast because you had a lot of main characters throughout it. Um, but uh, but I, I thought they they did really well. They played their part very well. Yeah, um, Toby Toby Jones as as Zola was really really fun. Mhm. Mhm. Anything else about maybe the characters of this film, guys? That uh, that you liked, didn't like, that kind of thing. I think what made this movie extremely good was the fact that the writing was so well and the um the cast was so well written for the characters that it just made everything amazing right so speaking of what was written for it let's talk about the story then so the story of this movie we know what it is he gets the serum hydra's you know uncovered he has to go after hydra we get that Did you like the story? Did you not like the story? Was there a moment in the story that you just in the movie that you just really enjoy that you really liked? Uh, one that you just kind of shook your head like ah, I just don't know. What did what did you guys think of the story itself, all enveloped into one? Um, I I can start. Um, 
Overall, I think that the story was extremely well written, except like one part that maybe it's part of the comics, uh, maybe it's not, maybe they just added it, but the whole entire um, kind of like scenes where Captain America is like the golden boy inspiring hope and he's dancing with the girls and like doing his speeches to get bonds was just very like every single time I watch the movie, I just want to skip through that. Um, I find it extremely cringeworthy and dreadful. And I, in our notes, I put two quotations that kind of go against what Steve Rogers was supposed to mean um, and when he took the serum. So Dr. Erskine says, um, whatever happens, stay who you are, not just a soldier, but a good man. And that just, it's kind of like completely polar opposite from what he was doing when he was being pretentious. Um, and it kind of took me away from who I really enjoy as Captain America and Steve Rogers. Um, and then the other quote is, this is who you, um, were chosen. Uh, this is why you were chosen, because a strong man who knows power all his life may lose respect for that power, but a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. And again, like these two quotations, like I cannot see them when he's dancing around remembering a script and pretending to be a hero because that's not who he wanted to be from the very beginning he wanted to fight the bullies and he's doing these things that are going against his main objective and enrolling into the war um so again that that's that's my one part of the movie that i didn't like so it seems to me that they did that whole um dancing with the women's show as getting his outfit and, but it seemed really far-fetched and all just went on for way too long i i agree that it went on way too long but it it kind of reminded me of um of you know the there there were there were you know people in hollywood there were actors in hollywood who gave up their careers for a time to go off to war and then there were people like Elvis who tried to go and join up, but instead made made like propaganda films. I think it was Elvis. I could be wrong. So, um, but there were those there were those who 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 actually went off to there was those in Hollywood who actually went off to war, and then there were those who made the propaganda films um, during the war. And I thought that was a good. I thought that was a good you know juxtaposition on that or good illustration of it so 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 my thought on this i do understand uh where you all are coming from on this uh andrea and fred especially that it is a little cringeworthy the only reason i think i can bypass it at the time it was a little different but the only reason i can kind of look over it a little bit is judging where the story ends up because up until I would say Civil War, his Civil War movie, mm-hmm. he was a soldier who followed orders. He 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 did whatever his commander was said to do. He followed orders. He orders. He was a team player. But then when Civil War happened, he realized I'm 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 gonna be my own person now. And that's when you see him and Tony really at odds. And and I think. He realized I can continue to take orders or I can stand up for what I believe is right. And I think that's where you see him really come into that. So I think it's an evolution of his character through his next three films and the Avengers film and that kind of thing. 
Well, you um, start you start to see that when he goes off to to um, free the one the hundred seventh by himself. Yeah. Right, but I do agree. It is a little cringy to watch that. Um, that that, that, that part, especially that it was so weird to watch him read it from a shield and then yeah. turn around and punch punch the fake Adolf Hitler. It just it was very it was very campy, but it was very normal for that time. I mean, that was that was there for the kids. I'm guessing. But, well, that uh, was it. Yeah, was no, I, I, I mean, agree. no. He was he was doing what they did back in the forties. He was selling war bonds. He was getting yeah. people to you know support support the war effort. You know, not each, everyone not everyone could each. go off and fight. Yeah, it each. and that's what they kept trying to tell him. It's like you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to go off and fight. You can you know, stay here and you know work in a factory or do or you know, do other things to help the cause. Right. Each each bond is a bullet in the gun of of you know a guy. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So I I I get it. Um, as far as as far as a, a a least favorite moment for for myself in the story, I thought the story was good because I I told Carrie the other day I like kind of like period pieces. I like the World War period piece movies. I think they're very fun. I I enjoy them. Not fun because what happened, but I, no, no. I, I enjoy, I enjoy those those type of whatever. Um, I thought the story was written well. I thought it was a good foundation for Captain America. You have the flash forward where you see them uncovering it, and then you spend the whole movie getting to that point. Right. And then of course you have the end of the movie where he wakes up and he realizes this is not, you know, he missed at the his end date. of the movie where he re- right he missed yeah. his date. And um, <laughs> and you have that 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 whole thing taking place, um, the. But I think if my my favorite part of the movie, oh, what would it be? There, there there's a lot of good parts though. That that that's the oh, thing, yeah. and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the whole I, entire movie. Yeah, I love the I, I love the movie too. Why it's so hard to pick a favorite movie? I mean, I I, I like where Agent Carter shoots, sh- sh- where where she sh- shoots the shield, and then yeah. Steve and, and Howard look at each other like, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, you have that moment, right? Like she's on our side, or whoa, I really like her. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it, it's one of those things, but it was a good movie. The least favorite would kind of be kind of where where Andrea said the 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 singing and dancing and. Um, whatnot. So those are pretty good. Anything else about the story that you guys want to talk about? Um, so, I think. No, go ahead. Oh, I, I think the I think the only thing that really took me out. All right. Really took, so what was that? Huh? Oh, did it freeze? No, I I, I was trying. I you, did you, you enter? I, I think the I was about to say the only I think the only thing that really took me out of the movie is there were a few times when when they were running through uh, Brooklyn where it was a where the green screen was very obvious and that kind of took me out. But otherwise, um, I have no I have no issues with this movie and 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 as we discussed, Mike, I you know I, I get kind of tired of of the World War II setting. Um, not the events that happened. It were just World War Two, you know, war theater in general. Um, except that Hydra is the perfect uh, 
except you know World War Two is a perfect perfect setting for for Hydra. So it, that yeah that it, that works for me. So during the like the scene where he's running after that agent, like after he became Captain America, yeah. It seemed like there was a lot of parallels, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. Just the T-1000 chasing Arnold. Yes! <laughs> oh, God! Okay. That's funny. That, 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 that does not help me. That does not help me like that, those scenes any better. You can't unthink of that now. Yeah, now, yeah, now, you can't, now I can't unsee that. Thanks, Fred. You're welcome. <laughs> and then, Okay, so there's one other thing I need help with, like... So if I understand correctly, the Tesseract is being hidden on Earth from Odin or by Odin. Yeah. Right? Yes. So where is he in this entire movie and why isn't he stopping or being involved whatsoever? Well, he he he's a god. He has other he has other things on his mind. Yeah, but if he's hit it there, he should be a little bit more responsible. Dang it, Odin. <laughs> yeah, well there <laughs> You failed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hey, you know what? Odin Odin has one eye. Uh, he uh, uh, he also you know kind of sort of he's also a bit of a gambler. So you know he gets uh, with um, Earth's um, life. And and we are and, and we are we are we are primitive we are primitive beings. How what how would how and what how would we you know. Have We're not primitive to... beings. We are drug dealers, and we take steroids, and we have a shield. A shield that's, that's not just right. a shield. It also doubles as a boomerang. That that's is true. true. But also, you know, I get, I kind of get the impression from Thor, the movie, that they haven't really, that, that the Asgard, Asgardians really haven't been paying att- all that much attention to Earth lately. Yeah, no. it seems like they're a little distracted. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Um, like Padme's but... moving in. This is you know this is seventy eighty years before Padme too, so that that's. Oh, he was getting ready. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh boy. Wow. Uh, but and I if I. <laughs> I think I think this might be alluded to in the in the next Thor movie, but I think I think if I remember correctly, there was something that happened that caused the gods to just kind of like abandon Earth for a while. I mean, I would abandon Earth if I if I saw <laughs> the kind of crap they have been up to. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thor broke the Rainbow Bridge. There was that. Dang, dang it, Thor. You had one job: protect the bridge. <laughs> no, that was that that was Heimdall's job. Yes. Well, I just want to blame Thor. <sighs> Can't blame Thor for everything. They could do whatever they want. Uh, all right. I mean, I thought I thought the visuals and this and the, and the CGI was really good in this movie. I did. I thought the story was good. I, overall, I liked this movie. I, it's hard to find a part that I don't like in this movie. I know there's probably one there if I really th- think about it, apart from what Andrea said with the uh, singing and dancing. Um, but other than that, um, I thought it was good. So, <clears throat> anything else that you guys want to talk about before we talk about the um, 
the favorite quotes from the movie, Andrea's favorite section of the of the podcast. No, I'm I'm pretty good. I, I love this movie. I do too. Alright, so favorite quote from the movie. Which one do you uh, uh what what quotes do you like? Fred's probably got like a list. He's just well, ready to go, and they're trying all to find probably some good ones. Uh, Colonel Phillips. Yeah, pretty much. Any, pretty much anything Colonel Phillips says is on my list, and I didn't write. I didn't write, um, include those in in my list. We've all we've already really gone over the the other two that are that I have. There which was is that the, one line. I forget exactly how it goes, um, but he says something to the effect of, "If you think you have something smart to say now, would be the oh. best time to keep your mouth shut." If you have yeah. something yes. on your mind now, it is a great time to keep your to yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying that to my students. I, I honestly like. <laughs> I love when um, I we mentioned the one about the steak, um, mm-hmm. where he's with Doctor Zola. What is it? Steak. What is in it? Cow. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a really good one. Um, I, I also have. Oh, go ahead. I I, I I I thought it would would have been funny if they had if they had said well what's in it chicken <laughs> just to be I just to be you know a smart ass about it but you know um I also like when at the very end um Peggy um kisses Steve Rogers and then yep. they look at Colonel Phillips. And he's like, I'm not kissing you. I thought that was like a really fitting and it doesn't take you from the moment. Yeah. Which is very nice. No. And it's very hard to do that, um, especially because it's a very hard scene afterwards. Um, and I really, really like the whole entire conversation about fondue. Um, <laughs> fondue is just cheese and bread, my friend. And um, when he's talk, when Steve Rogers is talking to Peggy, he's like, well, what about you and Howard? Are you fondueing? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was really cute. Well, he's a, and then the he's whole a... and then the whole conversation about trying to understand women out of that yep. with with Howard and Steve. <laughs> I loved it. It was good. It was funny. <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah. I, uh, in addition to all of Phillips' lines, uh, any all of Erskine, anything, anytime Erskine is on the screen, he's he's fabulous. Um, especially with especially funny. the drinking in the tent. It's like, wait, no, you I, you can't have this. You're I, you're, not, you're off liquids. Did he save me some snobs? Not as much as I should have. <laughs> uh, let's see. What one, one of mine is, of course, Kurt. Go oh, ahead. We lost you. Oh, did you get me now? My back. Yeah, yeah. Back. yeah, what, yeah you'll have to repeat that, though. I said one of my other favorite ones does definitely the Colonel Phillips one where he said, uh, when he looks at uh, Agent Carter, he says, when you brought a 90-pound asthmatic onto my army base, I let it slide. I thought, what? the hell maybe he'd be useful to you like a little gerbil but never thought you'd pick him <laughs> well and then the Hello. other moment where like they actually throw the grenade and um steve like protects everybody tells him to back away and and he um the doctor proves his point but then he's like he's still he's still small or something like that i thought it yep. was really cool and funny yeah. good you know, we've referenced Lord of the Rings enough that I said that's kind of like a Gilbley moment. You know, that still only counts as one. Yeah. Type of thing. It's like, eh, he's still small. Yeah. Any other quotes? The, the, the only other one. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the only other one that I found that I liked was the uh, was the one where um, he's riding with Agent Carter in the car. 
before he gets fixed. And he says, oh, I know this neighborhood. I got beat up in that alley and that parking lot and behind that diner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good to me. I liked it. All right. Any, any other ones before we head on to a, some plot holes? I think we're All good. right. Fred, it's all you. Prop, plot holes, eggs before it, my man. Well, I'll start with the trivia. Okay. Uh, Stanley Tucci took the role of Dr. Eckerstein, uh because of the role enabled him to use a German accent, which he always wanted to do. There you go. Give, give, like, give, give Stanley Tucci all the things. He's so good. He's amazing. The scene where the submarine fills up with water was only filmed in three takes due to Richard Armitage's aquaphobia. Oh, interesting. Crazy. Ooh. The wall art hiding the Tesseract at the beginning of the film shows the world tree, the same concept designed for that Thor uh, shared with Dr. Jane Foster in uh, Thor. Nice. The Asgardians from Thor are the gods referenced throughout the film. In case we were, in case no one actually uh, put those two together. Exactly. The first Captain America comic book makes a cameo in the film in real life. This movie was inspired by the comic book, while in the movie, the comic book was inspired by real life. That's good. Say that three times faster. <laughs> All right, so to get into some of the potholes and goofs, uh, for anchorisms, we have the map behind Colonel Phillips at the last briefing depicts modern-day Canada, all in the same color. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador didn't join Canada until 1949. Before then, it was a separate dominion ruled directly from London. Hmm. A map shows the Allied positions close to the Italian-Austrian border. By 1943, when the film is set, they hadn't even taken Rome yet which fell in June 1944. They would not even come close to the border until November 1944. So we have a, a dreaming puppy at my feet. Aww. It's <laughs> a great addition she to does, the podcast. She doesn't like, she doesn't like anachronisms. <laughs> oh, man. She is on a dreaming spree. A telephone in the war room bunker beneath London when Steve Rogers' troops deploy there for a briefing is a type not invented until the late 60s. <laughs> when Steve Rogers and Carter are sat in a bombed-out pub in London during an air raid, a rather modern-sounding two-tone emergency services vehicle siren can be heard outside. Emergency vehicles during the 1940s used bells, and this type of siren was not used until the 70s. Oh. Uh, Red Skull is heard listening to a recording of Richard Wagner's opera Die Valkyrie, or The Valkyrie, uh, in the early scene with Dr. Zola. But the recording he is listening to, conducted by Herbert von Krajen, uh, and featuring the distinctive voice of Canadian tenor John Vickers, wasn't recorded until 1968, 25 years after the scene takes place. Once huh. more, the same record contains both Sigmund's aria and Sorry. <laughs> it had that from <laughs> Die Valkyrie and Siegfried's funeral marching from Gotterdammerung. Gotter, Gotter Sorry. 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 I, 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 I... Okay. I just want to make it clear that Fred is not trying to be offensive. He's really trying here. Ger okay. trying. So, sorry, guys. German is hard. It is. <laughs> oh, 
I'd have to go back ten, around ten, um, like uh, generations of my family to get to Germany. Yeah. So I'm, I'm far my, removed. One of, my, one of my cousins spent um, a, a week with me trying to make sure I pronounced I I, I could roll my R's properly the first time I was in Germany. So. Um, so both pieces of this music could not have fit onto one side of a short playing 78 record uh, used during World War II. Okay. Uh, the 107th Infantry had been reorganized during World War II into other units, but did fight in Europe during the war. It was reorganized again and reestablished as the 107th Infantry Regiment New York Army National Guard, and finally the 1st Battalion 107th Infantry was de deactivated as part of a nationwide force structure reduction. The 107th designation was reassigned to the former 205th Support Group, uh, New York Army National Guard, creating 107th Support Group. Interesting. Okay, let's get into some character errors. Uh, when Captain America salutes Colonel Phillips after coming back to the camp with the rescued soldiers, he ends the salute before Colonel salutes back. By regulation, a soldier holds a salute to a superior officer until the superior officer fully salutes back. That's true. <laughs> but he's not a real soldier. But, well, he is. But, but, but he is, because he, 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 he's, he's enlisted. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> He never finished basic training, from what I could tell. Or they just... <laughs> he just went for one run. <laughs> it was a long run. Yeah, I guess so. Well, but he got a car ride halfway home. That's true. <laughs> when Steve Rogers arrives at the building for his transformation, he exits the car and puts on his hat prior to entering the building. He then wears the hat indoors until the procedure starts. Military personnel are required to remove their headgear while indoors unless they are armed, such as military police. Yeah, I do know that. Hmm. The Union flag hanging outside the war room is upside down. At the flagstaff, the white saltire of St. Andrew, Scotland, takes precedent over the Red Cross of St. Patrick, Ireland, because Scotland has been part of the Union longer than Ireland i.e. the flagstaff, the white diagonal brand, must be thicker above the red diagonal. While many countries fly their flag upside down in times of war, the United Kingdom is not one of them. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't even know that they put them upside down during war. Yeah. Yes. Just before his first flung fund-raising show... Uh, Fund-raising? Sorry. <laughs> Just before his first fundraising show, Steve is told he's, that cooperating could get him his own platoon. In World War II, an army captain would be put in charge of a full company. Lieutenants typically led platoons. Okay, some continuity issues. When Captain America ice encased shield is revealed in the beginning of the movie the paint job is pristine with no damage however in the final fight scene with the red skull the shield is seen to have numerous dings and scores in the paint from bullet strikes mm, interesting it's self-healing okay mm -hmm. the paint is anyway it's part of the boomerang effect oh dear after Schmidt reveals his true face in the Hydra base to Captain America, the two begin their first fight scene. 
It's here yeah. that Red Skull displays his super strength and punches Captain America's steel yeah. shield, leaving a fist impression in the metal. The two keep fighting, but the fist impression is no longer on the shield. Later yeah. at HQ, when Stark pats the shield and remarks how Rogers is attached to it, the punch impression is there again. Dang it, Feige. That was your job to pick that up. <laughs> GG. Before Steve Rogers is sealed into the pod for his transformation into a super soldier, two metal arms with several hoses are pivoted over his shoulders to hold pads against his chest. When the pods open after the transformation, the arms have disappeared, nor are they detached and dangling from the hoses, which have also disappeared. There is insufficient space within the pod for the arms to retract in any manner. However, the, the mounting studs for the arms are visible. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, it's because Captain America just enveloped into his body. <laughs> That's right. All right. We're going to get into some factual errors next. Captain Steve Rogers wears the yellow American Defense Service ribbon. The ribbon medal was awarded for qualifying service performed between September 8th, 39 and December 7th, 41. Since Rogers joined the Army after America's entry into World War II, he would not have been entitled to wear this ribbon. During World War II, if a soldier, sailor, Marine did not come back from a mission, he would initially be declared missing in action, or MIA. Mm -hmm. Later, would he be listed as KIA, or killed in action. Sometimes this occurred long after World War II ended. Hmm. When Stan Lee is sitting dressed as a four-star general in the audience at the Senator's Award Ceremony, his medal rack shows a materious service medal, not... Uh, instituted until, sorry, uh, not instituted until 1969, uh, and a prisoner of war medal not instituted until 1985. In addition, his several silver star should have been his third decoration, not down in the fourth row, a mistake a general would never make. Finally, his fortier cord is never to be worn looped in the front of the uniform, but rather under or over the arm, as yeah. and always worn on the left shoulder, not the right. Interesting. After providing covering fire during the raid on the Hydra base, Bucky cycles the bolt on his sniper rifle. Bucky's rifle was an M1941 Johnson, which is semi-automatic, meaning such action was completely unnecessary. But look so daggum cool. Why do that we have cool. to pick it apart? Because <laughs> we have to. Because we out. have to. Mm. Uh, when Rogers and Bucky enter the expo, the Unisphere is seen in the foreground. The movie takes place in 1943. The Unisphere was built in 1964. Well. When Carter catches up with Steve in the bombed-out pub... Steve remarks that he's unable to get drunk, to which Carter responds that's because Steve's metabolism works at four times the rate of an ordinary person. However, even at that rate, it would still be quite easy for Steve to get drunk. He simply needs a sufficient quantity of high-proof booze to drink. Someone call Cisco Ramon. Yeah, drink faster or call Cisco Ramon and have him come up with something that will get you drunk. (laughs) Yes. Oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong franchise. <laughs> okay, uh, one last one to go with the pothole. Uh, in the secret lab, 
Bernstein tells the audience Rogers will have a serum injected into his major muscle groups. Apparently, those only included his pecs <laughs> and biceps, and those are the only injection sites shown. Despite being saturated with vita rays, one wonders how he could have his lats, quads, hamstrings, and glutes have responded without serum. And this brings up I, another I, point I, I know I that about. too. Like, wait a like, like, shouldn't he be down to his skivvies because they have to inject his quad, his legs too? But apparently not. So this is very similar to Hulk. When Hulk gets bigger, so do his shorts. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that they do leave him covered. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing goes with this scene. Um, his pants still fit and he can run in them. Yeah, they're not as long. And you can see they only go down to his like mid-calf now. But come on. <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to see his ding dong? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, they could have. But, no, but, the, but the pants, the pants should have been a little more snug. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, is there I, anything else, Fred? No, that was quite the list. I mean, even nope. if, like even, I mean. I, I know I know Incredible Hulk is not the best movie in the world, but even even in that movie, you know, he's asking for he's asking for pants that are mass stretchy when he's trying to get <laughs> when he's trying to get new clothes because he knows that he's going to have to you know have something with give just in case. Yeah, they should have changed that. Oh well. All right. All right. Well. Now let's get to Rotten Tomatoes, Mike's ever Mike's favorite part of this episode. Oh man, oh. No, I love it. Yes. So this is the first one. So the final conflict is so protracted as to comfortably accommodate a bathroom break. Don't worry, you won't miss anything you haven't seen before. All right, <laughs> negative fancies. Ouch. In a summer that seemingly has seen a new comic book adaptation every other week, it's a toss-up whether Captain America, the first Avenger, or Green Lantern is the weakest of the bunch. Wow. wow. I would not compare Captain America Me neither. against the Green Lantern. Similar on that note, while it never hits the craptastic depths of something like Green Lantern, most people are likely to come away from it thinking that it could have and should have been a lot better than it is. I don't like these. They're not yeah. true. Yeah, and, and but like, they're supposed to be us, negative. They're I terrible. mean none of, none of us hated Green Lantern, but it wasn't that bad. No. But a lot but they, these are That's supposed true. to be these are supposed That's to be true. negative. That is true. Cuz a lot of the a lot of the negative Rotten Tomatoes ones are are hysterical. <laughs> so That's true. All right, here we go. Movie rating. We're going to rate this one out of ten <laughs> roided asthmatics. Wow. <laughs> one out of ten roided asthmatics. I, I, All right. I, I feel triggered. That could, that could, be, that could be me. <laughs> I mean, well, my, well, you know, full, disclosure, full, well full disclosure, the, inhale, the inhaler I use when uh, on the rare occasion that I need one does is a steroid wow <laughs> so okay, we could do one out of ten pants that are really too tight for him to be wearing uh, <laughs> right asthmatic is is fine so 
All right. So, Fred, my good man, what would you rate this movie? One out of ten. I am very, very hard on this movie, and it's mostly because I don't think Captain America is a great superhero. Uh, I think somebody with a shield and steroids should not be a, a role model to be looked up to. But that being said, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to rate this one an 8.5 roided asthmatics. All right. And Andrea, how about you? I I enjoy this movie. Yes, he's he's one of the most simplistic kind of Avengers and comic book characters. Um, But I like the story. It was well written. The cast was phenomenal. So I'm actually going to give this a 10. Yeah, because this is a movie that I can watch a million times and never get tired of it. Mike, you go first. All I right. mean, I'll never I... get tired of criticizing it. Huh? I... I'll never get tired of criticizing it. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Uh, I, I like this movie for what it is. I think it's a, I think it's a phenomenal movie. Um, I do think it does it does have its issues. So I do have to dock some points off because, you know, kind of like what Andrea said. You know, the the, the parts with the singing and dancing were kind of cringeworthy. I'm not a huge fan of of the Red Skull and how he was revealed. Um, but other than that, because of those negative things, out of 10, I'm going to have to give this a 9.5 roided asthmatic. So I'd knock off 0.5 for those areas because it is a very it's very close to being a near perfect movie for me excellent okay Carrie. so um i much like much like superman uh captain america is kind of not my favorite character he's too much of a boy scout uh he gets better <laughs> but this it, i i but unlike superman i this is not a superhero that i am quite as familiar with uh, on the Marvel side, as as um, a lot of people are, so I appreciated this um, as a first off film uh, into uh, in, as an introduction to Captain America uh, for those of us who are less familiar with him than than others. Um, I, and I I have no real real I have no real problems with this movie, but this is not. This this is not the crow. This is not Watchmen. So I can't I can't give it that that high of a rating. So I'm gonna give this a nine. Nine. Still pretty 10. good. Still pretty good, but it's not it's not. We all know what 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 my tens are, and this is not it. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, our next movie we're gonna watch is a it's 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 a little it's a little not as well known movie. Um, it is a superhero movie. By all by all honesty, it, it, it beat the box office and it was considered a success. Um, but in 2012, a movie called Chronicle came out. Um, it's three high school friends gain superpowers uh, after making a discovery underground. Um, and they try to um, deal with all that. Uh, so it stars Dane DeHaan, Alex Russell, Michael B. Jordan, Michael Kelly, um, you had me at Michael B. Jordan. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a little, it's a little off. It's a little off the beaten path of a superhero movie. Um, it did win. I'm trying to think. Um, 
it won most original trailer for Golden Trailer Awards. It was nominated for best science fiction film for this for in the um in the, uh, uh in the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Um, so it's got a couple of nominations in a film. It's directed by Josh Trank. Um, so with all that being said, we were going to be watching that. If you can find it, I'm not exactly sure where it would be at to watch it. According to Google, um, you can find this movie on Hulu with a premium subscription, YouTube with subscription. It's on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, you can watch it. Um, and the normal Google Play, Amazon, Voodoo, that kind of thing. So check it out if you can find it. If not, just Wikipedia it. Or, or just wait, just listen to us review it so that you don't have to watch it. That's true. All right, Carrie, why don't you close us out then? Okay, so we want to hear from you. Um, what did you think of Captain America, the first Avenger? What did you think of any of the movies we've reviewed so far? What do you think about uh, the upcoming, our upcoming movie, uh, Chronicle? Uh, let us know. You can email us at uh, capechronicles at randomchatter.com. You can find us at, on Twitter at randomchatter for the entire network or at Cape Chronicles for this show. You can find me at Carrie Blackfire 42 That's K-E-R-I Blackfire42. Um, Andrea, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. Fred, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at FreddyWonkenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N Kenobi. And Mike. You can find me on Twitter at the DC Mike. And you can find all of our shows over at randomchatter.com. Don't forget to spread the word and support us by leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you leave us a review, we will read it on air. You can also support us by uh, joining our Patreon, uh, joining Patreon and uh, contributing to us there or going over to our store at randomchatter.com slash store and picking up some merchandise. Um, the music you hear on this podcast is High Roller Mojo by Blue Stolly and As Silly as the Sutton Sounds. All trademarks are owned by their respective owners. So and until next I time. Forget, what? Before we forget, big yes. shout out to the car and Captain America. Loved it. Oh, yes, the car. That was like my, that's like my second favorite uh, comic book movie, <laughs> Car, at, right after Captain Nemo's. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, on that note, bye, guys. <laughs> Good night. Bye.